The Watch is the latest and the greatest in pop culture from best friends Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald. Join them as they discuss TV, movies, music, and much more. Check out The Watch on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Michael Peters. We're your sound-only co-hosts here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, the millennial concerns, entertainment, pop culture, anime, video games, all that nonsense. This week, we're, we're going to pregame Netflix's live-action serialized adaptation of the classic anime series, Cowboy Bebop. We're going to pregame, by which I mean, I think we're going to talk through our conflicted, mixed, conflicted thoughts and mixed feelings about the whole nature, right, of adapting Cowboy Bebop into a live action project. Um, I guess up top, I, I love the original Cowboy Bebop. Mike, uh, what do you think? You you like Bebop? Uh, we yeah, Bebop. I, like this is like we have we yeah yeah Talked yeah yeah yeah. Talked I was actually we have a whole like episode about it. whether or not I was gonna do the yeah we have a whole episode about it. We did we did the whole there is if you go back and check the tapes there is the Cowboy Bebop episode. We have strongly considered going and doing full. Beat by beat recast like we did for Evangelion for Cowboy Bebop. I love Cowboy Bebop. I have a swordfish tattoo <laughs> on my calf. You know, like this is a it's a whole it's a whole thing. We both had our reservations about like there being a Netflix live adaptation just because of like the established visual grammar of the show, which is like iconic and like extremely influential. Like there's not a single sci-fi director you can think of that hasn't watched the show. Uh, and so it's just kind of like difficult to imagine a successful like reimagining of 
you know, that phenomenon, like, to, to be honest, like, uh, especially since there's also been like no good live action anime adaptations ever. Well, hold on. And sure. this will be the first thing we argue about, right? Um, we can try to break this conversation down into parts, but like the truth is we're going to be all over the place. And let's let's start with that, right? Talking about anime and live action. I would I would propose that like I kind of broadly get where you're coming from, right? This idea of Live action adaptations of anime are almost never good. I think the real thing with with this though is that like there there are realistically two kinds of anime adaptations. There's the kind of Japanese, like the native Japanese style of live action adaptation, where it's like it looks super low budget. All the costumes look like Halloween costumes. It looks like it was all produced for for like three thousand dollars and shot over a single weekend. <laughs> You yeah, know? like all of the all of the special effects are like you know Photoshop, definitely made on a desktop. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's very very low rent, right? And that's that's a vibe, but you know what I mean. Like those movies aren't they generally? You know, one one good example of one of those, and I, I, it doesn't look fully cheap, but it definitely it's the more Japanese style, right? Is the um, Netflix put out the the full metal alchemist live action adaptation movie uh like in 2017 i thought that was actually pretty good like for what it was i thought that was a really fun campy ridiculous live action adaptation but it's also the kind of thing that you put out and you got to watch it subtitled it it's lower stakes right it's you're not going to compare that to Netflix hiring John Cho and being like, no, we, we're going to spend millions of dollars doing this, right? That's the other kind of adaptation is like, your boy, that, who was the man, who did the, who was Goku in the Dragon Ball Z one that flopped? Justin something? I forget his last oh name. Oh my God. Uh, we, it's, I don't know, because we never heard from him. <laughs> never again. heard there's from a, him Like, it's, there's, I, there's, I mean, there's also, um, you know, the messed up, Messed up Avatar: The Last Airbender live oh, ad- action adaptation. Yeah, M Night, M Night Shyamalan, I mean, right, right. M Night Shyamalan, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna concede that there's like, you know, the M Night Shyamalan, like, worth it gonna throw a hundred million dollars at this thing and then you know have it on major video shelves in two weeks, sort of vibe and. You know, like, I mean, and then, like, you know, the sort of Takashi Miike, this is one of the 20 films I'm producing this year, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, sort of vibe. Um, but I mean, yeah, like, I, the, I, like, I think that you, we, we can both, you know, agree that this Cowboy Bebop thing is the former and, just the noise, 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 noise around it has been like, I mean, like it, it doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence. Well, well, I, I, I would put that a different way though, because for me at least, the the thing that's a bit disorienting about Netflix Bebop, right, is I've had both reactions at both ends of the spectrum, right. I've had the reaction of, oh, this is Netflix doing their anime thing. I don't know. They made the Death Note movie. That wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it wasn't quite right. And uh, who knows? 
but then there are moments like when that trailer came out a few days ago, right? Um, or or even when these like again, there are these little teasers that Netflix has been doing in recent months where I'm like, oh, they might actually this might could actually work, right? Like they bring well, yeah, Yoko I mean, like, Kano. Well, it's just back. like all right, yeah, yeah all right. They bring Yoko Kano back. They do the 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 teaser that's really just like they're 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 doing. They show the, the opening credits. Yeah, the opening the opening credits the opening credits with their actors and it like it's very stylish and it looks really cool and you're like, all right, maybe they understood the yeah, assignment. Right. And then like the and then the longer trailer comes out and it just looks like something ex- like the most expensive version of like you know a primetime sci-fi channel show mm-hmm. you know like it, it, we I think that we were texting about it and like it was just sort of how the it it really bears the problem of most of the 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 anime adaptation things that where it's just sort of like the the, the characters look like they're wearing halloween costumes yeah, for sure Yes. Oh. And that's that's important though with and, this show compared to other things though, right? Cuz it's like they, when did you first watch Bebop? When did you first watch this show? I first watched it like around like the, you know, the the tsunami flashpoint right. like in the 2000s, right. early 2000s. Right. Same with me. And to me, a thing about Bebop, right, is if nothing else, that show has to feel cool, right? Like it's it's yes. in, it's for in so much as it's formative for a certain subset of millennials who you know the tsunami generation, right? Um, it's a space show, it's space bounty hunters, right? But otherwise, it's this very sort of cool, grounded show with Spike Spiegel wearing his suit, uh, and smoking cigarettes. And, and it's heeled boots and the, yeah, there's a, it's everybody, it's like, it is like in contrast to the other things you see on that block, like, you know, it's Goku and his orange <laughs> gi yeah, with the, yeah. with the navy blue undershirt and the weird ass boots. And then like, it's, uh, you know, Inuyasha in the in the in the in the in the red rose with his feet all out and the and you know and the and the wooden beads and then occasionally Big O was on the block and like that was like a cool like I mean like that was also a cool yeah. show but I mean like for for all intents and purposes like G- Cowboy Bebop was stylistically like such a gear change like when it came on where it was just kind of like oh we're watching the adult show now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up Goku because that really is the perfect contrast, right? It's like Goku, you look at the image of Goku. Goku is what is cool to a kid, right? In the thick of being a kid, Goku looks like the coolest shit in the world. In the way that like, you know, where it's just kind of like I'm putting on my Superman cape for Halloween, but I love it so much that I'm going to wear it (laughs) until Christmas. Like that's, that is the, like, that's the vibe of like, the Goku outfit. Right. Or like the Kami house, whatever shit. Yeah. You contrast that with Spike, though. And Spike is like, you're watching Bebop at that point where you start 
looking for stuff that's cool in a way that you can start feeling like an adult for thinking that is cool, right? And it's not just Spike in the suit. It's all the jazz, right? It's all the swing on that show that it's sort of, again, it's the whole aesthetic is roping you into this idea. And it becomes, I think, a, a you know, bigger than any one show, but Bebop is so emblematic of it in the late night or like turn of the century, right? For anime, right? Which is like this, this medium, anime, right? Can do so much. It can do so much more than Dragon Ball Z. Like this can be some grown man shit. This can be some shit that, that actually does have, you know, it's, uh, it, it doesn't have to be a little brother to U.S. animation forever, right? And in a lot of ways, anime has come mm. a long way. It's come long enough that a company as big as Netflix is making a live-action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. But this brings us back to the point, which is like those costumes, right? In this live-action adaptation, right? We were texting. And I was complaining. I'm like, they, they look like Halloween costumes. It's like, it reminded me of Loki, right? Like one thing we were talking about Loki on, on this podcast, right? I was complaining about it. It's like, yo, how are you Disney, right? You go, you go to the nines on every other element of your show. This show looks like it cost one trip. It looks like it cost the entire infrastructure package of the Biden administration to produce. But the one thing that looks like <laughs> Tom Hiddleston's grandma came in and did all the costumes. Why? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, why Why the TVA look like you got the outfits from Paul Blart Ball Cop? You know what I mean? Like, and it, it kind of takes you out the show Why everything look plasticky? Yeah, it's like, yeah, you it's go so like, high why, concept, why, but then it, these costumes look like, they look like you went to the Dollar Tree. You know? Um, yeah, it's just like, I can't get jiggy to this shit. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, there's no, it's, it's not even... And 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 that like I like I want to take care to like draw a distinction between what we're describing and campy, like because yeah yeah, yeah let's do that. Like there's like because campy is like we are fully leaning into the ridiculous of the ridiculousness of this, and we're going to be so faithful to the source material, but we're going to have the most expensive and outre versions of whatever it is that we can find so that we yep. exaggerate what was ridiculous about this in the first place. That's not what, like, this is. This is, like, you know, Googling uh, jet metal arm and, like, you know, getting the third, you know, maybe second most expensive thing that pops up on the eBay search list, you know? Yeah. And being like, yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what it is to me, actually? I thought about this is because I, I was complaining about Halloween costumes. It's really the difference between American cosplay and Japanese cosplay. Like if you look at if you look at photos from Japanese cosplay scenes, like th those people, the best the best cosplayers in that market are spending thousands of dollars clearly <laughs> like making those costumes and the, whereas and like you know in the most extreme versions like doing stuff that changes their body shape like yeah, it's weird yes, yeah. like it's it's yes. crazy right and then the american equivalent of that of, of that right in in western cosplay scenes again there's like this good american cosplay but if you try to if you took the best 
American cosplayer of a character and compared them to it's the best like, Japanese like, cosplayer of a character. It's, it's it's not it's not it's not a fair fight, right? They just want it more. Yeah, it's yeah, just they, like, want- they just want it more. <laughs> yeah, it's like And that's Disney's <laughs> on the American cosplay side is the problem with it, right? With something like Loki, right? And and but again, but I I I went all the way to Loki just to make the point that like, look, at the end of the day, I can still I mean, I have a lot of problems with Loki, frankly, but I can understand how people can look at that and and sort of just rock with it, right? Because at the end of the day, the 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 style or the the coolness of Loki is not the point of that show, right? There there are other there are other principles driving the Marvel Cinematic Universe, such that yeah, like did I roll my eyes in that last episode of, of Falcon and the Winter Soldier when he came out in that white outfit that looks like absolute nonsense? Sure. But like that's Ugh. not really the point, right? But and like gave Bebop, a five minute speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Bebop, right? It matters a lot more because that show is about its own coolness in a lot of ways. It matters that in the Netflix trailers. I feel like I can see the Velcro on the suit flap. You know what I mean? It, yes. That, yes. That's a big, it's like, it's a big thing. Like it's a, it's a big thing that this show doesn't feel cool. Like, um, yeah, like there's this, it doesn't feel like, I mean, like a show that like sort of, it calls its episodes sessions, yeah. you know, like the, it's it's very like the transitions like are gun sounds sometimes or like you know either played by you know elements of like jazz or whatever. There's I, like the 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 whole show is supposed to feel like a jam session, which is like I feel like I'm wearing like a beret saying this shit, but it's yeah, it doesn't <laughs> feel cool enough. Yeah, and I it, but this is also where I kind of I want to start giving the benefit of the doubt here, right? Like to some extent I do. Um, just in the sense of like I when you do this in live We haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we haven't seen it yet, but it's also one thing I tried to think about, right? Like complaining about Spike's suit is live action. People have to actually do these fight scenes, right? It's not like the first episode of the original show, uh, where where Spike is fighting the dude with the red eye in the street. Right. And all of that is just the power of an animator's or, or an animation team. Right. Like all of that body movement is it looks real as shit, but no one no one has to actually physically exert themselves. So maybe Spike Spiegel, when it's actually John Cho in his actual body, you know, maybe Spike Spiegel got to wear some Velcro. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know you know what i mean it's like they're they're kind of blending the style i mean with the or, practical or, effects. or or it's just kind of like you know do something different with the outfit like change the suit up a little bit like or yeah but you, or yeah. call in whoever it is that you know like had daniel craig running around mexico city jumping through ruins in 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 tight suits. Yeah. So like. that's, I'm glad you brought that up though, right? Because that, that is the thing. That is the thing I do make as the caveat to the caveat in my own mind, right? Is like, look, James Bond can do this, right? And I think your suggestion is the right one, right? Which is, and, and it feels like it's representative of a larger thing with live action adaptations of anime, which is, I would absolutely take the trade off of you putting John Cho, you putting, uh, you putting like, Daniela Pineda in in outfits that don't look 
you know, to every last detail, like the outfits from the original show. If they communicated, yeah, they the call essence. the show Bebop instead. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, just like, and yeah, it's just like, do the, it's changed the essence you know of the what thing I'm rather than just, the literal thing, right? Do the essence of the thing. Yeah, the spirit of the thing. If you want to just put yeah. John Cho in a, in a, a nice looking suit. That, you know what, yeah, doesn't look exactly like Spike Spiegel's suit, but looks like something that James Bond would pull off in all seriousness. If You know what I mean? That makes more sense because that's more true to the spirit of the thing, even if it's less true to the literal frame for frame reality well, of the original yeah. Cowboy Bebop. It's supposed to be like, you know, like halfway in between James Bond and and like Chuck Berry on the Chitlin circuit. It's like, yeah, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, like it's I something different would be fine as long yeah. as like, you know, you stick the landing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But even that is something that I I feel like I get where a team tasked with doing this adaptation is coming from. Cause like I remember when uh you remember when Netflix licensed Evangelion, right? And like Evangelion, you couldn't really buy it for a long time. And, you know, they got the rights and sort of like they they sort of reintroduce Evangelion to the market. And I remember one of the first things I saw was people complaining that Netflix redubbed the show. Right. And they were like, no, this dub is blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, it's so inferior to the previous dub. And it's just like, I, you know, I was hearing all that as somebody who remembers back in the day watching the original Evangelion dub and people complaining about that too, right? It's sort of, I, I get where a company gets the impression that, yo, first and foremost, you have to be like faithful beat to beat for beat to every detail of the original thing. And you kind of, you kind of want to burst through Netflix HQ like the Kool-Aid man and be like, don't listen to those people because those people are wrong, right? They don't know what they're talking about. They're just yeah. nerds. Like, don't listen to that shit. Like, make it cool. Don't make it accurate. Yeah, that, that's exactly. the principle. Make, make it, cool. it cool. Don't make it. Don't accurate. make it accurate. That's make it cool. Don't make it accurate. Um, but I don't know. Like, what else? Like, I, there's so much stuff. I feel like I'm working through in terms of my expectations for it. I think even Bebop, which feels like the kind of thing that everybody has heard of, it's still niche. Like, anime anime is bigger than it's ever been in the West, and yet it's still a niche. Bebop is still a niche thing, right? Like, what's that show that Amazon is doing, like, the Wheel of Time or something, and that's their own version of trying to compete with what HBO was doing with Game of Thrones, right? Like, th both of those things are some nerd shit, and that's nerd shit that's still way bigger than Cowboy Bebop, right? And so... I'm I'm trying to sort of figure out like how big how big even can this this live action adaptation of this anime thing even even be, right? Like what is the what's the upper limit you think? Like not just in terms of is it going to be good uh but also in terms of is it is it really going to pop off like that? I don't like I mean I think that there is going to be a bit of like, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy that goes with this in the same way that like, you know, every new Netflix sensation is like the number one stream show in the world or whatever. You know, this is top 10 in the world and nobody knows what those numbers mean. Um, 
but I mean, like, I, I think that there will be a certain, like, it's, there's going to be a certain level of popularity to it just because there's already, like, an attention economy in place for it. So even if it's mid, it's going to, like, basically sustain itself for a while. And whether or not it works towards Netflix's probably larger goal of, like, resting, like, anime away from Crunchyroll and HBO and, you know, the other powers that be. I mean, like, I have no idea. Like, but I, I guess it just, like, really depends upon whether this the show is absolute dog shit or just mid. Because if it's just mid, I mean, like, there's really nothing stopping there. Man, I have higher hopes than just mid, though. I think, I think there's a version of the show that could be good. You know what I mean? It's like, and again, I think there are enough hints in some of the the marketing stuff where I'm like, okay, I I'm not like, again, if if you gave me no context and this was just like a cold release date, I'd be like, the best thing I could hope for is like, oh, okay, they didn't ruin it. Um, but I don't know, man. I I to your point about Netflix always seeming like it's it's got this master plan, right, to wrestle anime away from Funimation and all the other platforms, right? And to become the capital of, of fandom. It's like, I think the thing that frustrates a lot of, like, several corners of, of anime fandom that I pay attention to is that on the one hand, Netflix has all the fuck you money, right? They can get the rights to the things that, again, it's Netflix is the only company that was going to get the rights to Ava after a point, right? And they did. They have that kind of money. But then on the other hand, it's sort of, it feels like sometimes, it has felt in the past at least, right? Like Netflix gets the rights to a big anime thing. Or, you know, Netflix decides, oh, we're going we're gonna to put a bunch of shows that, that have potential to be the anime of the season on our service, right? And then the way they sort of make that sit in the larger context of, the Netflix homepage, that all the sort of Netflix content that's just being vomited up at you as you scroll through whenever you log into Netflix, right? It, it, all, it feels like that's where they drop the ball, right? It's like Netflix can get the rights to anything, yeah. but God knows whether they're going to promote it, whether it's going to get any shine on the homepage, stuff like that. And I think anime fandom looks at that and that's where they get mad at Netflix. They say, look, Crunchyroll doesn't have the money Crunchyroll might have like a worse UI, but at least you know when you go to Crunchyroll that Crunchyroll knows what to do with anime, right? Because Funimation and Crunchyroll, like that's what they do, right? So you know that anime is always the priority of those platforms. Whereas like for some people, they look at Netflix and they go, this, this company thinks it wants to dominate this particular niche, but they don't promote it like that. They don't, they mismanage certain things about anime. And even with even with this, right? Like they are going out of their way to sort of hire these actors and make this original production. And yeah, you can sort of easily imagine like they launch it and it just sort of gets buried after three days, right? In their own UI. Not 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 get buried in the sense of people stop talking about it on Twitter. I'm talking about you can imagine the version of this where you log into Netflix three days after this show launches and you can't even find it. <laughs> Like, that's the Netflix problem, I feel like, half the time. Yeah. Well, we can talk more about the Netflix problems, plural, <laughs> after a little bit of a break. Yeah, let's take a break. We'll take a break. 
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Like, I won't say that Netflix's recommendation algorithm is as bad as, say, like, like Hulu, who is like mm. that one friend who's just kind of like, oh, you're trying to get into anime? Have you heard of Ninja Scroll? <laughs> 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 like, it's literally the second thing that it, like, that's the second thing it suggests. But, like, Netflix will just kind of toss, like, you know, one, maybe one good one, but two random ones at you after you finish, like, one show. That's one problem that I have with Netflix. Also, like, yeah, sure, there's a version of, you know, like, there's a version of events where this Cowboy Bebop show gets buried. But, like, again, like, only if it's absolute dog shit will it get buried. Again, if it's mid, like, it's going to stay at the top of their, <laughs> somehow, it's going to stay at the top of, like, their, their, you know, uh, thing what is it called the queue the the what do you come on catch me here the carousel the, the uh, banner yeah <laughs> the car- the carousel whatever yeah like uh, for 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 weeks to come especially considering how much money they spent on it all this said like we're we're speculating about a lot of this hopefully we'll we'll see you know like some advanced screeners some episodes soon i i think working with what we have so far right from the trailer uh and the other materials Netflix is sort of putting out in the world, right? I feel like the main, the main thoughts I'm having are about the individual characters in Cowboy Bebop, right? Um, because one, I will say, and other people are getting impatient about this much as I've been for several months at this point, there's no sign of Ed in, in the... In yes. all of this, oh we my still God. don't That's know. Like the, there's, I haven't seen a single Ed <laughs> anything in any of the preview content, any of the posters, and any of the videos. And like, that seriously, that is your Netflix executive people that, like, or whoever it is that has, that is a decision maker that listens to this podcast. That's your baby Yoda. I don't know why you didn't have it in like in any of like the preview content. This is everybody's spirit animal. Ed is like the key. And it's nowhere. 
Yeah, and it's I, they are nowhere to be found. <laughs> I'm so upset about it too, because I remember, I remember when this project, literally when this project was first announced, and it might even be memorialized on this podcast somewhere, somewhere on the feed. All of my first thoughts about it were about Ed. I was like, first of all, give Millie Bobby Brown the bag to play Ed, please, please, right? And instead, there's just no Ed. No, and, oh, <laughs> you, it's I'm like a, no, it should be Willow Smith. Come on. This is <laughs> oh yeah, we were talking about Willow Smith. We were talking about Millie Bobby Brown, um, and it's funny. I was like, I was, I was uh, reading a comment section on Kotaku, right? Their article about the the most recent trailer that they put out for this, and somebody, you know, they were all talking about the lack of Ed, and people had various thoughts about it, and they were like, well, maybe, maybe this will be a multi part thing, and then they'll introduce Ed at some later point and isn't it wouldn't it be cool if they don't just sort of put everything on the table right at the very beginning like it, it would be nice to have some suspense even if you know ed is a character right even if you know vicious is a character you don't have to introduce everybody in the you know six month marketing campaign and i kind of get that right the analog i think would be the way square enix handled um red 13 when they were rolling out the Final Fantasy VII remake, right? It's sort of Red Thirteen is really only in the last sort of couple hours of that remake, and it's like they clearly did it with this sense of eh, be a bigger character in the sequel to this thing, right? And I kind of get that, but at the moment, right, all of the trailers, all the material is about Spike, Faye, Jet, and I'm. Um, and first of all, they give Spike this bit in all of this stuff, this bit where Spike's whole thing is that he hates Faye and and he's like constantly wants to shoot her because he's irritated with her or something. I don't really know how I feel about this bit. It feels like a weird bit. I don't really like, I, like, I don't like it. Cause it's not like uh that's not like in their, the original show. The original show, his line is supposed to be like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, he's he, in the original show. His thing is like, I hate women, dogs and people with an attitude and like, why, you know, but it's, it, it's never, why it's do weird. I have all three on my ship? Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's they, like, it's, it's, it's really more like he has, it's, it's, it's it's like his hatred, quote unquote, comes from exhaustion and annoyance. It's not like from, you know, a blood feud that he apparently has with like, you know, which is what it seems like in this with this new adaptation. They're just kind of like, yeah, he just wants to shoot her all the time. Yeah. And then I think that corresponds to the way in which Faye herself seems different. Because like the way the way Daniela Pineda is playing her seems like they, they've kind of made Faye a troll, right? Which one is what Ed is supposed to be, a troll. And like Ed is more of a troll character than Faye than the original. But two, it's like in the original, Faye's not a troll. She's just lazy and and a piece of shit, right? And she's like in debt. Her whole exactly. character is like, she's in debt. She doesn't even know how she got in debt. She she doesn't really want to do anything to get she out of debt. Care. She's just a lazy person. <laughs> yeah. And here she's like an adorable like troll and that Ed feels odd. And then Jet mostly feels the same though, right? I think. Jet is just like serious. He's just serious. Yeah, Jet and was like, black the whole time. Like, he's the yeah, chaperone. Was, Jet was... 
Yeah. He was Black Chaperone. He's the he's the he's the gr- he's the grill uncle. He's the he's the grill uncle and has always been the grill uncle. Yeah. Uh I do at least, but that's one of those things too, where it's like, okay, I I respect that more than some of the costuming and styling stuff, right? Because it's like, okay, give them give them a new character dynamic. Sure, absolutely. Like that at least is adventurous. That's a thing that I can stick a pen in and say, I, I don't necessarily know where they're going with it. And that's a reason to watch the show, right? Um, but I look at some of the stuff, like they're kind of straight adapting certain things. Like one thing that stood out to me about the trailer is that Parola Foe is in the trailer. And to me, I think back when this project was first announced, I actually thought of the Parola Foe episode as one of the big arguments against doing a live action adaptation yeah, of Bebop. Yeah, the food that like episode is just like so like explores like not just like the bounds of storytelling but like also the bounds of like animation and like Yeah. It's like it's it's such a it, it basically, if there were like weekly episode recaps and like the sort of thing that's going to exist for this coming Netflix show, yeah, there would have been like a bunch of think pieces written about like the bottle, the the amazing bottle episode of Cowboy Bebop, <laughs> yeah, you know, like a tour de force, you know. Blah, 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 blah. Because it really is, it's truly like an amazing episode of television, period. Like, not even just like a, a, an amazing episode of anime. Yeah, that's one of the most distinct things about Bebop 2, right? Is that it's, it's, there's a main plot that runs through the show, but it really can be reduced to maybe like six episodes of the show, right? That deal with the actual main storyline of, Spike and Vicious, right? And the organization. And then so many of the best episodes, though, aren't those episodes. They're the episodes where it's just about a, a cool bit, a cool visual theme, a cool musical theme, stuff like Pirolifo or Mushroom Samba, right? Like Mushroom Samba is just all of the characters except Ed, it, like, eat shrooms and they trip balls for the whole episode. And then there's a black exploitation train sequence, and then the episode ends, right? Yeah, and it has nothing to do with anything, yeah, <laughs> right? And it's like at all, <laughs> like it's it's just it's just for the vibes. It's just like to like yeah, it's just to be cool. Like it's just like yeah. hey, wouldn't it be sick if we did this? <laughs> right. And it's hard to, that, that's so much of the vibe of Bebop is that. It's it's that confidence in saying, we're going to do a whole episode that's about doing a specific vibe. And it's not going to connect back to the main plot. It's not going to serve the main plot in any real way. It's only going to purely serve the characterizations. And those characterizations are these people who all live on this ship together. They're all bounty hunters. They kind of don't like each other, but they kind of do love each other. And they're doing their own thing. And I think on some level, that's the other that's the other problem with the Netflix thing, right? Is like, you know, a Netflix live action thing has more of a duty to be like a TV show as TV show that 
needs to get from episode one to episode N, right? I just, it's going to be plottier in a way that is not what the original the tie was about of at all. Threat. Yeah. 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 It's like you, yeah, but- it's almost as, it's almost as if the, sh- the original show is created with the idea that, hey, these two characters are interesting. Let's put them in a small space together. And let's just keep learning things about them. Because, I mean, like, you could watch the episode and not really... I mean, you could watch the show and not have a really good sense of, like, what either of these characters' deal is until, like, halfway through the show. Like, you know, oh, turns out that, like, Jenna's a retired sergeant and, like, you know, has an estranged lover that he also has been searching for, but he's learned healthier ways to cope than Spike has. Like, you know, all these things, like it's just supposed to unfold in a very natural way that doesn't, that isn't supposed to feel exceedingly plotty. And yeah, like that's another worry about the show is that's exactly what this Netflix show is going to have to be. Yeah. I think at least... And we can sort of end on this. I I have remainders. So all these things that sound like complaints, because they are complaints, so they're at least concerns. I at least look at how they're approaching this with the live action thing and think, okay. It's easy to when you're just when you're clicking between tabs in the middle of the day, it's easy to look at a costumed either cape shit thing or a live action adaptation of an anime thing and go, this looks goofy, right? It's very different from what it means when you sit down, you watch the opening title sequence, and you commit to watching the show, right? Like, if a thing works, it can suck you into a world, right? It can suck you into a world in which, you know, if you if you really enjoyed Loki, after a certain point, it doesn't matter that the costumes look a little ridiculous, right? Like, as you're being sucked into a world where color works differently and lighting works differently and, like, it a show can make itself make sense on its own terms if it really goes for it. And I at least look at the live action, like, again, the direction it looks like they're going in and think, look, if they really committed to to the athleticism of it, if they really committed to, like, that kung fu grammar... And if, you know... If they managed to get the camera work right. Yeah, it's like, like if, you know, if they commit to, to making that sort of work with all of the music that they're doing, um, like, I can see them pulling it off. But, again, it's it's like that physical grammar has to be what this show makes sing, I think. Because the other stuff is just... It doesn't have the advantages looking again that iffy, animation dog. does. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just it's just looking kind of iffy. Otherwise, you know. Yeah, we'll see though. We'll see. I mean, you know, we always have the original Cowboy Bebop. Like, I, I, I'm never gonna be the kind of person who's worried about like, you know. Oh, this is gonna ruining ruin the legacy the of a thing, thing like, for me. Yeah, it's like yeah, the, the worst nah, thing that can happen nah. is that is is not you know. But Netflix Death Note couldn't ruin Death Note. You know what I mean? That's like a movie. I don't even mean to talk about it that negatively because I remember that the second season of Death Note ruined Death Note. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm gonna I'm watch that again because like I didn't. There was stuff about it that I thought worked. It's just it didn't really. It wasn't soapy enough. That's the thing. You needed to actually the TV link 
of the original Death Note is what made that show work because that that shit was like soapy in a way that that movie could not be soapy. Yeah, is the problem. Um. Anyway, I don't know. I think we pregame this out. I think we I think we set some expectations. Um. I'm excited to watch it, honestly. Like, I'm excited to watch it just because, like, I'm I'm honestly just kind of surprised because it doesn't necessarily look like what I imagined it would look like when this was first announced. And it, I don't know. I don't know. It's open-ended to me. You seem less bullish on it, certainly. Um... But no, we'll see. Like you, Ed, like we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, listeners, email us about Cowboy Bebop. Anything else? Email us about Death Note. Shit. Email us about Death Note, the anime, or Death Note, the Adam Wingard movie. Sound only. E- pod. Yeah, yeah. Well, email him about the movie. Email me about the anime. Soundonlypod at gmail.com. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. Shouts out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. We'll see y'all next week.